automation and an ethical dilemma. I'm Tanya Hall and joining me is Ryan Duguid, Chief Evangelist at Nintex. Welcome Ryan. It's good to be here. What does Nintex do and what does a Chief Evangelist do there? So Nintex, we focus on process management, process automation. So helping people figure out how their companies run, what gets done every day, who it gets done by, and then looking for the potential to automate that to streamline the, the services and the products they deliver to their customers. Chief Evangelist, uh, I have the luxury now in the company of being the person who gets to tell our story, who gets to uh, rally our internal people behind that story, our mission, uh, and evangelize that out to our customers and partners worldwide to help them achieve more within their organizations. You recently came across a discussion thread on a tech forum started by an IT contractor who asked the question, is it unethical for me not to tell my employer I've automated my job? Tell, tell us the full story of that situation. Sure. So, so what we've got here is a situation where an extremely smart person, astute person, uh, obviously very skilled, has figured out that they're carrying out a lot of uh, predictable and repetitive work, uh, tasks that are happening the same way every time. And they've used a collection of tools, technologies to figure out how to automate that so that essentially they can sit back, let the, the software do the work for them, the robots, if you will, uh, while they collect a paycheck and figure out what to do with the rest of their, their day from nine to five. How is this different than using built-in functions to accomplish complex sorting and analysis and maybe, I don't know, like an Excel spreadsheet. We, we want our employees to get the job done correct, correctly and, and quickly, right? Yeah, that's what's really fascinating, I think, about the attention this, this story's grabbed is that, you know, there's clearly, I think there's, there's two camps of emerge, right? One camp is high five in this guy, you know, good on you, super smart, and uh, obviously assuming he's going to go off golfing at the expense of his employer. Um, and then the other camps looking at this and really saying, well, how is this any different from, from the, what we've been doing for, for hundreds and hundreds of years, right? Um, it's a different type of technology. It's a different application of technology. But essentially, here I think we've got a smart person who said, I think there's a better way of doing something. I think I can deliver the same outcome, output, value uh, in a lot less time. And really, I think at that point in time, the question becomes, you know, what's your moral or ethical obligation in terms of what you do with the, the savings that you've created? And I, and I think that we're seeing uh, employees potentially, and I think we will so more in the future, become nervous about losing their jobs to artificial intelligence. But let's, let's talk about the missed opportunity on the part of the contractor. Sure. So, you know, I think my first reaction, I, I expect yours as well, was to look at this and say, boy, if you're, if you're that smart, why are you in a job that is so rote, repetitive um, and, and mundane uh, in the first place, right? If you have that set of skills, you, you've got pretty immense value, not only uh, in the wider world in terms of, of programming and manipulating computers, building software, um, but also more broadly from a consulting perspective, uh, inside your own organization, outside your organization, teaching people, others how to do the same kind of thing. And it seems to me, I think, interesting, and this is maybe where the, the debate uh, arises, that if this person is indeed going out and having a round of golf instead, that's probably uh, a little bit on the nose, right? Um, at the end of the day, one would presume their employer is paying them to be as effective and efficient and honest as possible, 
And therefore, if you automated away some part of your work, you'd go on and do other types of work within the organization. Now, the flip side is if this person's, you know, maybe getting a bit of extra time in their day, but continuing to, to commit and devote their time to the company, then I think that's okay, right? This contractor, though, also did something else. They actually included errors to make the data entry look more human. That's a whole other angle of, of potentially something that I think is unethical. Yeah, and that, that's where I think you start, it starts to look a little nefarious, right? Um, I'm reminded uh, many years back, I, I, I came across a gentleman who was a, a software sales professional and uh, you know, had sort of figured out they could, they could sell software for multiple companies at the same time, right? And, uh, and hopefully no one catches them out because they were sort of in different, different industries. Um, and, and I guess their argument was, well, look, you know, the company's paying me for a set of outcomes to meet a certain set of targets. If I can meet that, you know, why is it any of their business what I do with my spare time? At the point where you're trying to actively cover things up, um, you know, that, that's a form of evasion, right? And so that's, a, again, I think, you know, if we focus in on the, the core issue here, which is, okay, you know, if you can automate someone's work, you know, can you and should you do that? Uh, and then, you know, as an employee, okay, now what with the rest of your time, right? And I think that now gets to the heart of the conversation around automation and, and people's fears or concerns about being put out of work because there's certainly this, this movement that says, hey, if I use uh, AI, I use robotic process automation, um, my goal is to reduce the size of my workforce, right? The bots do the work for me. Um, now, the flip side is you're starting to see the more enlightened company that says, listen, there's a bunch of stuff that it just makes no sense for people to be doing anymore. Let's make sure that the computers are doing that work and then let's redeploy the people to higher value tasks. And I, I think some of the concern now boils down to, okay, where does my employer sit on that spectrum? You know, if they thought they could get rid of me and replace me with a bot, would they do that? Or would they say, hey, Ryan, we're now going to retrain you and redeploy you somewhere else? What does that say about the relationship between the employer and the employee in the digital age? It's, uh, you know, it, it starts to become pretty tenuous, right? Uh, I think when these discussions arise, it definitely shows a lack of trust on the part of the, the employee. It is interesting, I notice, um, I think there's some cultural differences here, right? Uh, I hate to lean on that one, but uh, in, in general, I've noticed over the last 20 something plus years of doing business both inside and outside the US, uh, there is less trust here in the US, I think, between employee and employer. Uh, and it's reflected in some of the labor laws. I mean, here in Washington, it's, it's at-will employment, right? So in theory, tomorrow my employer can say, you're no longer needed, Ryan. And likewise, I can say, hey, I'm not coming in tomorrow, right? And we, we rely on people's honesty and sincerity and, and, you know, and good behavior to not end up in that situation. Now, if you go into other parts of the world, there's a, a lot more protection in place. Uh, you know, where I started my, my career uh, you know, in the UK and then on into New Zealand, you know, I'm obligated to provide four, six, eight weeks of notice to my employer if I'm leaving. Uh, and similarly, they owe me the same courtesy if they decide they no longer need me. And if we mutually agree to part company earlier, that's fine. Things are paid out and we move on. So I suspect you'll see a little more of that here in the US uh, just because of that, that difference in attitudes. But it definitely you know, lends me towards you know, this view that says, okay, as an employee, I think my employer is going to get rid of me any chance they can get. Um, going to be a, a little less, you know, as a result, probably committed to my employer. 
as this becomes a, a bigger issue with more employees being more concerned and employers needing to, to evolve and learn how to handle these situations, how should employers address the very valid fear of someone losing their job because they were too smart for their own good? <laughs> I, you know, the interesting one is, you know, I, I think first and foremost, you know, if I if, if take the employer all the way down to the individual manager, uh, if you start with the manager themselves, I and, and from my own experience in this regard, right, I, I always want to be having pretty open, honest, sincere conversations with the people who work for me. I want to help them understand, you know, what my, um, what my goals are for them, what I expect them to achieve. Uh, I want an open dialogue there. And so I think if you start at that point as a manager, helping your people understand, hey, here's what's going on, here's what's driving us as an organization, and probably up front, look, if you are a manager and you know that someone's work is starting to become a bit tenuous because of the automation potential, you should be discussing that and factoring that into an overall uh, you know, career development plan. And that may be just harsh reality, hey, yep, eventually we see your work going away, uh, let's get you thinking about that now. That could well be, uh, you know, look, we know this type of work is going to go away, but here's how we want to redeploy you in the company. And these are the skills we would like to help you develop. And then I think take that all the way up to the employer. Again, especially in industries that I think are going to get hit the hardest and the earliest uh, is, is being open about this, right? You take like the you know, transportation industry. And we're pretty fast heading towards the world where there are autonomous trucks delivering things all around the country. Um, you know, you probably want to be having that discussion now and helping you and not stick your head in the sand, right? I mean, all the employ anyone who drives a truck today used to drive one myself knows this is coming. Some people will probably go, not in my generation or I'm about to retire. I don't care. Or you'll still need drivers for some period, but like it's going away. So as an employee, better acknowledge it. And as the employer, if you're FedEx, if you're UPS, if you're the long haul trucking companies, you should be telling your, your employees, you know, what you think that means for them, what the time horizons are, and you should be thinking, all right, what are you going to do to help those people? Ryan Duguid, Chief Evangelist at Nintex. If somebody wants to connect with you, maybe they want to find out more advice on how to handle this organizational structure in the, in the future. How can they do that? Yeah, a couple of ways. Uh, I always love email, a bit old fashioned like that. So ryan.dugood at nintex.com. Uh, you can find me on the Twitters. It's uh, at private Ryan Duguid, so at PVTRD. Uh, and you can look me up on LinkedIn as well. Sounds good. And if you guys want to find more of my interviews, you can go to tanyahall.net. I've got links to all my social sites. Thanks for watching.